been a good day serving the Lord and hearing from Him. And so what we want to do always is to live a life of peace. And just to go through some more tonight, we live a life of peace when we trust God. And we find in John chapter 13 and 14, Jesus is meeting with His disciples to have the last Passover meal He would have with them. Oftentimes we call this the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. And He also washed the disciples' feet, showing them what kind of servant they are to be and showing them how to love one another. And then He gave them a new command. I'll give you a new command, He said, to love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another by this. By loving God, loving people, he said, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So he said, discipleship, Christianity is marked by one thing in particular, it's love. And so at that time, Jesus told him that somebody's going to betray him and turn him in to the Jewish ruling body. And Peter stood up and said, not me. I'll go to the cross with you. I'll go to the death with you. And he said, Peter, you don't know what you're talking about. Before the sun comes up in the morning, you're going to deny even knowing me three times. And sure enough, he did. So then he comes to the end of all of that conversation. They're still there in the upper room after the Lord's Supper, after the washing of the feet, after Judas leaves to go betray him. And he told them this. He just continuing on for the evening. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. And so, but this time he could tell they had a troubled heart. He could tell they were agitated. He could tell they were upset. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. He said, trust in God, but also trust in me. He said, because in my Father's house are many rooms. I know many versions of the Bible have mansions there, but mansion is not really the word. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I'm going to my Father's house and prepare a place for you. And so he said, I'm telling you this ahead of time, so you'll be aware of what's going on. So he began by saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. When he said, don't let your hearts be troubled, What he was meaning was, don't let your hearts be agitated. Don't let your hearts have an emotional distress. Don't let your hearts have this inward commotion going on. Don't let your hearts get stirred up. Don't let your hearts be restless. And so every day we hear words like this, and oftentimes we ourselves get a troubled heart, don't we? Sometimes our heart gets agitated, doesn't it? You ever get agitated? You know, you just get stirred up. We get stirred up sometimes. Sometimes we have this emotional distress going on within us. Something about our emotions, something's happened around us, something happened to us, and now our emotions are just taking control. Your emotions ever take control of you? It's where you get emotional, you get agitated, you get stirred up, you have this inward commotion going on. I mean, it's just all going on within you. We even get restless, don't we? I don't know what I'm going to do about this. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. We're just pacing. We're just looking. We're talking and we're saying things. We're thinking things. And maybe we just have to leave and get out of the presence of the people we're in. And some people do a lot of things when that happens, don't they? So Jesus is telling his disciples there in that room that night, he said, don't let your hearts be agitated. Don't let your hearts get all emotionally distressed over what I'm telling you tonight. Don't get this inward commotion going on. Don't get stirred up and don't get restless. Why? Because here's what you need to do. He said to prevent that, to prevent this troubled heart, he said there's one solution. There's a way to have peace even with what you're about to go through. He said it's trust in Him. 
hey, so make sure when you find something happening tonight that you disagree with, it's going to trouble your heart. Make sure that you believe in me. He said, make sure you've got faith in me. He said, be positive that you're going to be putting your confidence in me and your reliance on me and you're committed to me. He said, because things are going to happen tonight, tomorrow, and the rest of your life that are going to cause you to become troubled, to become agitated, become emotionally distressed, to have this inner commotion stir you up and get you restless. But he said, the solution is to have faith in me and have confidence in me especially that night, because he was going to be arrested and he was going to be put on trial. He was going to be beaten. He was going to be crucified and he's going to die. And so imagine having confidence in Jesus when he goes through all all of that over the next 24 hours and you want us to have confidence in you, Jesus? (laughs) We see what's happening around us. And so all it's going to try to do is try to give them distress. But he said, while that's all going on, make sure you're relying on me, but be sure that you're committed to your relationship with me just like you have been for the last three and a half years. Don't let anything change that. But you see how that works in our life? Something comes into our life many times, and we've been doing pretty good with this faith and this confidence and this reliance and commitment to Jesus, but now something is coming into my life that's causing me emotional distress. It's causing me to get agitated. It's causing me to get stirred up. And Jesus says, hold on. (laughs) Just maintain your faith. You were confident in me before this thing started that's getting you stirred up. You were relying on me and committed to me when all this stuff's going on before you got restless. Why change now? And so he's preparing them for what's going to happen just like he prepares us for what's going to happen. So going back, he says to us, do not let your hearts be troubled, agitated, stirred up, trust in me, have faith in me, confidence in me, reliance on me, because in my Father's house are many rooms. So he's getting them ready that he's leaving this world, going back to heaven, for we're not so I would have told you, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Then he said this, you know the way to the place where I'm going. So he said, this place I'm going to, my father's house, it's got many rooms there, I'm going to my father's house and I'm going to get a place ready just for you. And when I get it ready, I'll come back to take you to be with me that you can be where I am. He said, doesn't that encourage you? Doesn't that lift you up? Doesn't that make you want to trust me and be committed to me and and have faith in me and rely on me? It doesn't make you want to be troubled in your heart. It doesn't make you want to be stirred up. It doesn't want to make you to be agitated. It wants to make you trust, doesn't it? because I'm going to prepare a place for you, and when I get through it, I'll come, be, come and get you. That's what happens when we die, you see. As a Christian, that's what happens right there. All that happens to the Christian, no matter how we die or when we die, what has happened is Jesus got our place ready. He's got it all prepared for us, and all He does is reaches down, takes us by the hand, and brings us up to where He is, so that we can be in that place that He's got prepared for us. And that's all death is. It's just He's got a place prepared for us. And so we need to make sure we understand that, that we go through that. And so He said, you know the place where I'm going. Well, did they? <laughs> Thomas later became known as Thomas the Doubter. The doubt was starting here. 
usually we think of the next day when Jesus is resurrected and he appears for the disciples, except Thomas wasn't there. And they went and told Thomas that we saw Jesus. He came in their room. Yeah, right. <laughs> I won't believe it until I put my fingers in the nail holes in his hand and put my hand in the spear where they speared him in the side. He said, I won't believe it until then. The doubter, you see. Well, the doubt's starting here. Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? You haven't told us what city you're going to or what place you're going to. You haven't told us directions. You haven't shown us on a map. You haven't pointed out any, anything on our GPS. How we know the way? And Jesus said, you don't have a GPS. It hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> and so that's kind of what he's saying. If you read the Greek there, that's kind of what he's saying about it right here. But it's in Hebrew, so it's hard to understand. Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how do you know the way? And Jesus said, hold on, be still, be quiet, be trusting. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, the only place you need to be is with me. He said, if you're with me, you're, you're where you need to be. If you're with me, you're trusting and believing and having faith and confidence, reliance, commitment. He said, that's the only way you need to know anything is about, by where I am. And wherever I am, that's where you want to be. And so he said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. I'm the way to get to heaven. I'm the way to get to the Father. I'm the way to get to your room. I'm the way to get to your place that's being prepared for you. But he said, I'm also the truth. He said, I'm always going to tell you the truth. And he said, I'm also the life. The only way we're going to have the way, the truth, and life is through Jesus. Nobody gets the way, the truth, and life unless they go through Jesus. There's not multiple ways to get to heaven. There's not many ways to get to heaven. There's not even a few, two or three ways to get to heaven. Because if there was, then this verse has to come out of the Bible, doesn't it? And the world in which we live is going to tell you there's many ways to get to heaven. There's lots of ways to get there. And Jesus says, no, it's, my way is kind of narrow. <laughs> Only one way. He said, if you really knew me, if you really understood me, you really understood this relationship with me, you would know my father as well. You would have that personal relationship with him just like you do with me. So from now on, you do know him, my father, and you have seen my father, he said. Well, now Philip speaks up because he's there in the audience with them. And he said, Lord, show us the father and that'll be enough for us. Just right now, just show us the father. And that's all we need for this proof. You say, we've seen the Father, we've seen Him, you know, just show Him to us, just reveal Him right now. Don't you know, Philip, even after you've been with me for such a long time, you've been with me three and a half years, Philip, don't you know me? Haven't you been around me and know me well enough three and a half years? If you're with somebody every single day and every single night for three and a half years, you're going to get to know them pretty good, aren't you? Pretty good. Three and a half years. You're going to learn their ways and their not so ways and their good and the bad and the ugly. You're going to get to know what they like, what they dislike, what they like to eat, what they don't like to eat. You're going to get to know them pretty good, aren't you? Sure are. I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> I was going through some things in Judy's trunk. And I came across this this afternoon. 
She kept the ticket stub to an Alice Cooper concert from 1977, August 14th, 1977. For that many years, um, I'd have to do the math. I didn't do the math, 1977 to 2021. For all those years, it's been in her trunk, in her folder. She kept it all that time. You would think I would have known that. <laughs> I've been with her more than three and a half years. But I didn't know it was in there. Hadn't seen it all this time until I came across it today. But Peter, Jesus told Philip, don't you know me? Even after you've been with me all this time, don't you know me? Don't you understand who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen the Father, you've seen me. We're all the same. How can you even say, how can you even bring it up, show me the Father? He said, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and that the Father's in me? Haven't you seen me three and a half years to know that I'm in the Father, that I'm in His presence and He's in my presence? I'm in His will, He's in my will. Words I say to you, not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who's doing His work. It's not just me talking, it's the Father talking through me, He said. So He said, believe me when I say that I'm in the Father, Father's in me. Just believe me, Philip. <clears throat> or at least, if you can't do that, <clears throat> believe, in the <clears throat> believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. If you can't take my word for it, that I'm in the Father, Father's in me. If you can't take my word for it, that you've seen me, you've seen the Father then at least take my word for the miracles. You've seen the miracles, haven't you, Philip? And certainly you have three and a half years. You've seen what I've done. Take the evidence of that. That ought to prove to you who I am, Philip. So he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He said, if you trust me, you have a commitment to me, you believe in me, you have confidence in me, you have reliance on me, you can do what I've been doing, he said. So the purpose of the church is real simple, real easy is to carry on the work Jesus started. We, we read books and people write books and say all kind of formulas about what the church ought to be doing, what the church is supposed to be doing, what the church is, and the modern day church and what it's supposed to do. You sum it up real easy and real simple. The purpose of the church is to carry on the work that Jesus started. That's it. No more, no less. Just carry on the work Jesus started. And that makes the church the church. So he said, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He said, you'll just keep doing what I've been doing. As long as you got faith in me, as long as you're committed to me and have confidence and reliance on me, and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Well, that doesn't make sense, Jesus. If you're going to leave us, how can we do what you've been doing? If you leave us, then what are we supposed to do without you? Well, he's getting to that, but he's saying, you're going to do even greater things than these because here's the thing about it. Jesus, as he walked on earth, could only be in one place at one time. If he was in Jerusalem, he wasn't in Bethlehem. If he was in Galilee, he wasn't in Judea. He could only be in one place at one time. But you take multiple people that have faith in him, that are following him, that are Christians, believers, that are relying on him and depending on him, and put them all over the world, you see how many more things get done simultaneously? rather than Jesus being in one place at one time, you leave in greater things than these becomes going to the Father. How's that going to happen? And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. 
as we're going about carrying out Jesus' will, Jesus' ways, carrying on the purpose of what he started, carrying on the purpose of the church, doing greater things than these, he said, you're going to do whatever, you're going to be able to do whatever you ask in my name. But wait a minute, there's a little clause in that. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. So if we step out there on faith and say, I'm going to do what Jesus was doing, it's going to get done as long as it brings glory to the Father. If it's not going to bring glory to the Father, we're going to step out there on faith and we're going to fall unless it brings glory to the Father. And so many times people I've seen and churches I've seen have fallen supposedly on their faith because it didn't bring glory to the Father. It brought glory to, oh, me, yeah, self. <laughs> it happens sometimes, doesn't it? You ever seen a person get the glory for something that was done when the glory should have gone to the Father? It happens. And so he says, "You'll do, and I will do whatever you ask in my name because if you're praying, you're asking me to do something for this, it's going to bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. In my name simply means in the name of Jesus, in His will, in His way, in His word. Jesus, you do this, you do that, whatever it is. And I'm just stepping with you, Jesus, and whatever it is you want to accomplish, whatever it is you want to do, bring glory to the Father. You do it, Jesus. I'm right here with you. I'm following you. You're not following me. And so it is so many times we step out in prayer and say, Jesus, come and bless this that I'm going out here to do. And Jesus says, I don't want you to do that. So you better stay where you are. If you step out there and you want me to come follow you and bless you in that, you're going to fall, you're going to trip up, and it's not going to work out. Can you imagine Peter on the night when they were in the boat and Jesus came walking on the water? And Peter said, let me come walk on the water to you. No, stay there, Peter. I want to come walk on the water to you, Jesus. No, stay there, Peter. I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm going to walk on the water to you. If he'd have bowed out of the boat, he'd have sunk. Because Jesus would have said, that's not my will. It's not what I want you to do. And so many times we do the same thing. I'm walking to you, Jesus. I'm going where you want me to go. No, stay there. Don't step out of that boat. You're going to fall. You're going to sink. Can't walk on the water unless I invite you to come and do it. See how that works in our life? Do you see that happening sometimes in the life of your life or your family or, the, or a church or anybody anywhere? We want to step out there and say, come on, Jesus, bless it. And he says, don't step out. <laughs> I'm not calling you to do that because it's not going to bring glory to my Father. It's going to bring glory to you. So people following Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing the work of Jesus, will have their prayers answered. Because it's always going to bring glory to the Father. You can ask whatever you, whatever you ask in my name will, will be done because it brings glory to the Father. So as we're following Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing the work of Jesus, we're simply praying God's will to be done. Not ours, not somebody else's, but God's will because we're following Him, becoming like Him and doing His work. Those prayers are going to be answered, see, because it's always going to bring glory to the Father. So ask Jesus for anything in His name, in His name, is simply to ask according to His will. Why? So that answer prayer will bring glory to God the Father. Sometimes we get that phrase in there where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Well, that's when He's talking about bringing it to the church, uh, a problem to the church. 
and if two or three are agreeing of what the witnesses are saying, then that's in his name and that's in the church. But sometimes we also use that phrase, name it and claim it. Jesus, I found a verse here. I'm going to name this verse and I'm going to claim it. That's going to happen. There you go, Jesus. You got to do it now. I've already named it and claimed it. You got to send that thousand dollar check in the mail by Friday. I've already named and claimed it. You got to do it now. You see how that works? You hear it on TV all the time. You hear it in books or read it in books. You see that theology out there. It's called name it and claim it for lack of a better way to put it. All we got to do is name it. Get a couple of others praying with us. Don't you agree with me that I ought to get that $1,000 check in the mail? Yes, I do. I'm, I'm right there with you. We're going to pray together. It's going to happen then, you see. Not if it doesn't bring glory to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, my will, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. If it's not going to bring glory to the Father, and it's not in the will of Jesus, it's not going to happen. That theology falls apart real quick. So to ask Jesus for anything in His name is to ask according to His will so that the answer prayer is going to bring glory to the Father. Well, this type of living and praying requires us to place our trust in God. Just like you said earlier, put your faith in me, your confidence, reliance, and commitment to me. Otherwise, we're going to have a troubled heart and no peace. If we're not trusting God, following Him, pleasing Him, praying in His name, doing His work, we're not going to have peace. We're going to have a troubled heart. Because see, trust brings peace. No trust, no peace. If we don't have our faith, confidence, and reliance, and commitment to Jesus, we're not going to have peace in our life. The only way to have peace in our life is to have that faith, confidence, reliance, and commitment to Jesus so that no matter what happens around us, we're not going to get agitated. We're not going to get stirred up. We're not going to get restless. We're going to have that calm spirit, that peace within us because we're trusting, relying, and committed to Jesus. Say, so, well, you know, every now and then, every once in a while, I get stirred up about something. Every now and then, every once in a while, I get restless about something. Every now and then, every once in a while, I get agitated about something. That's that moment when we don't have peace, do we? At that moment when you're stirred up, are you at complete peace with God? Don't you just feel that peace? You know, you're stirred up, you're agitated, you're all upset, and you're just sitting there, oh, I got peace. Well, how can you be stirred up and agitated at the same time? <laughs> you can't. you either stirred up and agitated and or you're at peace. It's, it's one or the other. You can't have it both ways, see. It just doesn't work that way. Have you seen that happen? Are you, you know what I'm saying? We all do, don't we? So when we trust God, we live a life of peace. When we're not trusting God, we're agitated, emotionally distressed, got inward commotion going on, all stirred up and restless. Which do we prefer? Peace it comes with trust every single moment of every single day.